0: Welcome back to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Ray Maloney of Lux Review. But before we get to our conversation with him, Greg, we got to go light thing, right thing. We're talking Satco. That's S A T C O dot com. The gangsters. What's happening you know with what's,
1: them? Yeah, well, you know what's fun about this is we're going to enter the world of the starfish for a minute. And last time we had Ray on with Starfish was a sponsor. No, it was a different Starfish, and it was a movie now starfish is an actual product line mike and you might not know this it's news brand new coming from satco they're going to have a wi-fi powered smart lighting home system recess down lights tape light a lamps that you can put in existing fixtures all color tuning so warm white to cool white wi-fi powered and uh enhanced with security you can have connection from the wi-fi it says enhance and augment life. That's what you're going to do when you enter the world of the starfish. Check out the product line, really cool stuff.
0: Ooh, baby, you know I got to I just got to go first off best name for a lighting control system ever. Starfish. Starfish. That's the best name ever and just tying it into the whole family history of Satco. Man, what a great name, what a great company. Light thing, right thing. You guys are gangsters over at Satco. Go to SATCO.com, baby. What's happening, Ray Maloney?
2: Hey guys, good to hear from you. Uh, how's business with you guys? I'm, we all good here.
1: Yeah, it's going good. I figured we'd open that up quick.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a beer. Come on, why not? <laughs> oh man, look, start it off. This
1: is say a for Guinness. This is.
2: Uh, Look, this is you know. Mm. Watch it, Dubliner. Do it. Look mm. down the side of the glass, nice and slow. Yeah, you don't want to rush <laughs> this. You know. Yeah. Look at that.
0: So I Look was a that. bartender in Ireland for a year. By the way, Ray, did you know? Were that? you? I was. I didn't.
2: Why didn't you mention that before?
0: Ah, I worked. So am I can- doing a good job?
2: I'm oh. asking you. Am I doing a good I job? I never.
0: I never poured one can of Guinness when I was in Ireland, but I pulled a lot of oh. a, a lot of Murphy's Irish Stout and a lot of Guinness. Mm. At Katie Daly's in the lower Armour Road of Belfast. It was a mixed pub. So Catholics and Protestants both went to Katie's. It was a mixed pub. And I would get asked questions like, weird questions like, are you British Canadian or French Canadian? I'd be like, that's not a thing, (laughs) bro.
2: That's not a thing. (laughs) We don't have that thing. (laughs) They want to find out what foot you kick with. That's that's it. Yeah. 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 What school did you go to?
1: Oh, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um yeah, no, I really so Yeah, I was gonna say Ray, last time we talked, we said we gotta have a beer with you. So that's why we're doing that for the show. Yeah, We were hoping in person. Didn't happen yet. Mm, So speaking of that in person stuff. Ray, speaking of in person, Lux Live twenty twenty one. What's the news?
2: uh it's been cancelled uh in uh, yeah sorry, it's another victim uh the decision was taken that um there wasn't the appetite for it, and it wasn't ready yet yeah, the industry's not ready for an in person event, and even that was scheduled for November, so you know they've taken the view that um that it's not gonna happen in part. i mean there may be there probably will be a digital two day educational conference which we did uh, last november and that was very successful but um obviously it's a you know it's a it's a different gig and it depends on them um, the manufacturers wanting to take stands and all that and that's we're not quite there yet i think so i think on this side of the pond light and building in march next year is going to be the the next biggie really so i mean who knows We're you know there's going to be an effective lockdown uh, in the UK until at least Easter, probably. um So it's 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 hard to call how things will unlock after that,
1: really. But so this is so, this uh, was November, ten months from now, and they're already saying no. Correct. Correct. Do you, yeah. do you think yeah. the US will yeah. follow suit? Because right now we have everything from August to what is it, Mike? August, October is when every Packed. lighting trade show is going to be Packed. What's going to happen That's to us? Right
2: yeah 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 same in the uk you you know nobody's nobody's planning face to face until back end of the year and you're going to get congestion it all depends on the vaccine roll and if every, everything you know unlocks etc um yeah well you know to do a big show you need there needs to be an appetite from the industry to take stands and and for business travel to unlock etc and you know so i think the view was rather to do an impaired outing would be just to we we'll just to wait so there you go so, i heard
0: i heard something really weird on mm-hmm. cbc the other day and i don't want to go too deep into this i want to keep it around lighting but it was super weird people were talking seriously about exit visas and um my father-in-law is from poland and he left Poland. What do you call those guys when he defected from Poland? That's what he did.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And he had to get an exit visa and then he just, showed he left and never went back to Poland. And where this thing is kind of going is I think, you know, to me, there's like this sense of uncertainty around everything. And the uncertainty is related to, different views based on different areas of the world and varying restrictions and all this sort of stuff. But at some point, you know, if we, if Canada starts saying, no, you can't leave Canada without a visa, Never mind, You can't go somewhere else without a visa. Like you can't enter the EU without a visa or whatever. You can't leave Canada. Canada has to give you permission to leave Canada. And that's being talked
2: about seriously in Canada. And that concerns me big time. Mm -hmm. we don't know if that hasn't been talked about on this 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 side of the pond um but obviously you can infer that if you want to travel you want to go on holiday you want to you know book into a hotel there may well be you know that you may have to have some paperwork related to you've had your vaccine or that you're certainly you know you need a negative test for flights to most countries now or even to come into the UK, you need to show that you've had, you know, a test within seventy-two hours of uh, before takeoff. So, um, yeah, so you're seeing that. But the exit visa thing. Wow, whoa, not, that is that is a bit out there.
0: Like that's that like that's the that's a very serious um, change in the dynamic of what it means to be Canadian, right? Yeah, you, you, you know, yeah. it's like we don't live in Canada anymore. We live in Hotel California.
2: <laughs> wow, wow! But why would why would they want to do that? Because it's not protecting their local population, is it? I mean, if somebody leaves, well, you know. I think it has something to do health health with. I think it, it has uh, something.
0: That, no, I, I think it has more to do with um, the average law-abiding citizen um, becoming very frustrated. With the people that are making the restrictions, breaking their restrictions. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's like an element of that there where, um, you know, that, you know, you have people that are just like, well, you know, hey, this politician went here. Why is this guy in St. Bart's? This guy's over here in Greece. Oh, I wanted to go see my dying grandmother in Greece. You can't see your dying grandmother in Toronto, actually. So why mm-hmm. are people flying to Greece to see their dying mammals? Anyway, we're off the topic. Uh, so you're. there's <laughs> the surprise,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so the I'll, I'll bring it back here. Bring it back. <laughs> so, bring, it, bring it back on the, on the uh, yeah. subject of conventions. So you guys did a yeah, virtual yeah, yeah. one, and you said it was pretty successful. How did you measure the success? What did you? Uh, what was good about it?
2: well we had good we had good numbers i can't remember them off the top of my head now but we, yeah. it was good we had we used a, a good platform as well where you could you know you could see who else was there you could arrange one to one meetings you could you know message people um you know and we had we had great speakers and great you know uh, um really good topics and uh, yeah so it was it, it was good but obviously from an organizer's point of view The revenue isn't there the way it would be for an exhibition, you know. An exhibition is a big, high-ticket gig, you know. Um, So it's completely different from a publisher's point of view, you know.
1: And I I think Um, the value to some degree for the attendees as well is, is, like, you get a lot more about when you're in person than you could online. I don't think that'll ever change, do you?
2: No. I mean, if you think about an exhibitions and conferences and events you've been to, you know, it's that conversation you had in the coffee queue. It's that guy you bumped into. Mm-hmm. You know, you had something and the conversation led to something. And he said, oh, I'm doing this too. You change cards and that's and it was, often wasn't anything to do with the conference. Um, you know, and that serendipity is is gone online. Yes, you can go. Oh, let's say I want to learn about Bluetooth mesh. Fine. Just, you know, knock yourself out. You can go and, and follow the, all that. But um, and you can ask questions if it's a live event but you know it doesn't have that sort of the vibe of real people and the buzz in the room you can read you know um read the language and the the mood and um you can talk to people about it and bounce ideas around and maybe some people are good at just using it i'm i'm not i need people around me to bounce off and i you know so um and i suspect a lot of people are like that as well so yeah, so it's been very dispiriting. There's been no live events for a year in 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 the lighting game on in the UK. So, and, um, yeah,
0: and the revenue reflects that.
2: Like and I mean, the revenue reflects that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, you can't deliver the same value, so people won't pay as much. You know, that Correct. that's yeah, that's what it is. Like, so you come to the nailed convention. So if we if we we gave away our convention our, our our convention for free because <laughs> Um, yes. you know, you're,
2: cause you're big hearted guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you no, know, because you know, there, there's 99.999% of the value. Yeah, sure. It's great to listen to somebody, give a talk on whatever, and we get together, we discuss it. And then the real thing is the relationships that are forged, the, the meals you have, the, you yes. know, the karaoke yes. in the hospitality suite,
1: the, the yeah. yes,
0: yes, yes. <laughs> You know that's the value. It's about
2: trust, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Do, do I trust this person? Can I do business with this person? You know, and that's that's what's important. You know, if I if I have skin in the game, if I'm going to spend money or he's going to spend money with me, you know, do I trust this guy? That if things go wrong, he's going to dig me out of the dig me out of the shit, basically. You know. So yeah. Is it is gonna? Can,
0: can I shake yeah. his hand or is it going to be a Zoom call when everything gets screwed up? Yes. Sorry, yeah. man. We yes. can't help you. <laughs> Cause I yes. like for me, I want to be able to kick yes. the guy's ass if I have to. Yeah, you know what I yes. mean. Yeah, I mean I hate yeah. to say it that way. Those, we wow. shook hands at the event, and if you don't do what you yeah. said you're going to do, we're gonna I'm going to see you again in person, and then we're going to sort it out yes. then.
1: Like yes, men,
2: absolutely. <laughs> it's true.
1: It's true. Yeah. Absolutely. So you guys did you uh, that. Yeah, uh, you, you guys had uh, Lux Awards. Is that usually part of Lux Live?
2: Yes. That well, we usually did on in the evening, and you know, you know, the culture here is a big drink up. You know, people like to have a good drink and a dance, and it's a big night out. And um, yeah, so unfortunately, we, we, we that's how how it normally is. It's a black tie event in a glamorous sort of Ooh. West End London hotel and all the rest of it. Now, this last year we did a virtual awards, and we, you know, I think we did it as best as you, as best as you could, really. Um, you know, it was more explaining about who, why they won, etc. And we had a bit of the sort of reveal, but there's only, you know, there's only so much you can do to replicate the excitement of a of a black tie night where everybody's the atmosphere in the room is what it's all about, you know. So um, I think we did a, a good job. It was fun. It was fun to do, and I think some of that came across but we yeah we did a virtual awards which is kind of there you go things you got to do you know so um yeah so i mean that may well be the case again uh this year we have to do a virtual award so mm-hmm. hey ho that's that's just the way it goes yeah and that's another that was another big element you know i mean you know price it, it, uh, you know to, to, to take a table and to take a lot of guests is a big ticket item again you know so or you know, so that was a lot of lost revenue when you do it online. So, yeah. But um, there you go. You, you you do what you do. So,
1: yeah. Did you see anything unique in terms of product that um, surprised you from any of the award winners or anything, or is it just advancements on um, stuff? In there?
2: Yeah, a lot of advancements. A lot of lot of IoT stuff. A lot of um, uh, a lot of Bluetooth stuff. Smart kit. Um, we're starting to see big adoption of the of the sort of the the smart stuff like the Starfish you were talking about i mean that's smart lamps the philips hue is a really really popular over here and um, but there's a lot of um uh other versions like the the wiz there's also um led dance have got a range so they're proving that that's a really, really good sector uh, at the moment. In commercially, IoT, you know, we've been we, you know, we've been promising a lot, and not much is actually getting adopted out there. I don't know what it's like where you guys are, but you know, we talked a lot about the lights working out where you know wheelchairs are at airports and and you know uh, location tracking and even social distancing uh, using the lights, but we're not seeing a lot of. Actual real life, um, yeah. The, but you know
0: what? This is the this is the third iteration of the lighting controls yeah. boom bust cycle. Like the lighting controls have a boom bust cycle. The first one I saw was in two thousand and five or so. When um, and those controls were actually the best. And that was where, what well, let's put microchips in light switches. And so Leviton had some good products where you could put in the latitude and longitude of your location, and then make the lights come on at sunset and go off at sunrise and and that was going to explode everywhere right and then and then it just it found it like it, there was some leftover residual places where that product made it into and that was the first one then there was the incilium crowd which is we're going to connect cat 5 cable to all these sensors and run cat 5 cable through all the buildings and this is going to be the next big thing and and boom it blows up and then nobody really is all that interested in And because what's happening is, and now too with IoT, is that people are sitting there thinking up and dreaming up and this is what we could do with it and that is what we could do with it. But you know what? What is somebody going to pay for, bud? Like you can dream up whatever you want that the lighting system is going to tell you to social distance or the, uh, the only way that works, right, is if the lights and the controls are free and somebody pays for the information. If the person like gives you the lights and the controls for free and you're in the matrix now, which is possible actually now, but that's the only way that business model works is if some other big corporation like a, a lighting Google were to arise and say, this is how lighting is going to interact with everybody now. And you don't even have to pay for it because it just gives us so much information about the people in the space that it's super valuable to us. So you guys all get it free. That's the only way something like that will work. The other way is like you go to some customer that's running a commercial mall and you're like trying to talk to him about it. And he's still buying CDM metal halide par 20s
2: because the the mall is so huge.
0: Right. They have like uh, they may have like the type of space that this would work for is so enormous. They have, you know, maybe 100 million light bulbs in the in the mall. And wow. right now, yeah. I just need two cases of 39-watt, par-20, 830K metal halide, buddy. I don't need anything about, you know, lighting surveillance or, you know, whatever.
2: Yes. Highlights, so as we call them. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, like, the the, the all the, the shit that everybody's dreaming up, just like the first and second boom-bust control cycle, um, is not based on what customers asking for. It's based on something else. And... That model only works when the person who gets the information pays for all the equipment.
2: Yes. And there's no you know, who would want that data. I mean, the only, you know, we're not addressing a customer's pain point, you know, and, you know, you know, the you know, a customer's not saying we have this problem here and we need the lights to to extract data to tell us this and, you know. Yeah, acid tracking. Okay, you're a you're a hospital, you wanna know where the defibrillator, you wanna know where this piece of equipment is. You could use RFID tags, you could lose lose Bluetooth beacon. You don't have to use the lighting. I mean, we in lighting assume that lighting is the answer to everything, you know, it's like that. You have that expression, you know, if if all you've got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, you know. Um Mm -hmm. so I think uh but that doesn't seem to be, you know, that, that market's not getting traction at the moment. So who knows? There may be some killer app that will, that will transform it, but it, it's not there yet.
0: The other option is just to put something back after you use it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you say
2: that to your kids do you yeah like,
0: like maybe just you know the wheelchair the wheelchair goes there yeah right so when yeah. you're done yeah. with the wheelchair just put it back so the yeah. lighting system doesn't have to tell us put where it back it where you got it
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah yeah oh man i saying that to my kids all the time yeah so um so that hasn't quite got going i mean um yeah yeah but there is i mean there is uh, you know trends um you know you're seeing what well, what's going to be re I think what's going to be really, really interesting is what happens to the office market. Uh, you uh-huh. know, when this is all over, you know, there's a general acceptance now that people want to go. Okay, right. I, this work at home thing is fine. You know, people are employees will be saying, "Look, I want to come in one day a week. See, see my mates. You know, have a bit of it." company thing you know so um two days a week max so employers are going "Hmm, well could we save money out of this could we reduce our uh, footprint very expensive you know um uh, a cost component people have been working at home fine could we save those big rents okay so if that happens what does the office space look like you know will will the interiors change will will lighting change um Will will they will offices become instead of these serried ranks of desks where people you know travel for an hour and a half each way and then do emails all day and then go home? Um, you know, <laughs> will they become places where you have these town halls? Will they become places where you know it's about um socializing, where you know it's about you know you have your meetings. There'll be more meeting rooms. There'll be quiet spaces. You know, where the companies get to set their culture again. You know, um. And I think there was already a trend towards offices in. in which certainly here in the city of London, looking like hotels. So you go into the office and there's lots of freestanding lights and pendants and sofas and you know there's there's hipster coffee bars, but it's all you know it's all an office and you're, you're you know they're on a contract and all that. But you can sit in a bean bag and you can work on your laptop and. But those spaces are really popular. You know, you sure. go to an office where they have those spaces and everybody wants to meet. Nobody wants to meet in the meeting rooms. Everybody <laughs> wants to meet in the coffee shop. You know, now they're, they're at the so cocktail where...
0: bar, brother. Come on. Let's go. Yes. I, I, yes. I
2: I, always want to meet at the
0: bar top. That's where I want to meet anybody. Yes. Like why meet yes. anywhere else?
2: Yes.
0: Like that's, that's where you right. meet. Love, you know, you can escape. Yes. You can escape from a bar top. Right. A meeting room. Yes. You're kind of trapped. Yes. Now you're screwed.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, you you are kind of trapped, yeah. But people like that casual stuff, and you know, even mm. if you have customers and you want to sit around, and unless you're out, unless your meeting is confidential, so I think that trend is going to accelerate, and that that could be good for the lighting industry instead of selling, you know, ranks of modular six hundred by six hundred uh, uh, LED panels. You know,
0: that would be two by four. For all the two by fours, yes,
2: you your big, truffers and all that.
0: Can I, can I just uh, before you? I know, Greg, you want to go here. No, so sorry. the the second greatest Canadian intellectual of the of ever. We don't we don't have a lot, but we have a couple that are pretty big. Marshall McLuhan Vaguey. is his name. I don't know if you ever heard of Marshall McLuhan. He I've was heard the,
2: vaguely. What is? Yeah. He's
0: the one that said the medium is the message, right? Okay. But he also said this. He said, first we shape technology, and then technology shapes us.
2: That's prophetic words, yeah.
0: Right? So we're being shaped by this. All this digital interaction, the Zoom, is shaping us. It's shaping how we interact. And people are stepping back. And we did a show called The One Good Thing About COVID a a couple months ago. But there's actually, like, the adoption of this technology is – Like, as long as the barriers to us meeting when we want to, as long as someone says, as long as people take away those barriers saying you can't leave Canada, you need an exit visa or you can't go to the show Lux Live and hang out with Ray Maloney at the pub and all that sort of stuff. As long as they remove that, you're going to see this technology really thrive because, you know. People don't want to sit in an hour and a half commute to do emails all day, which is a lot of what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's like a lot of that. And it's a bad for the environment. It's bad for the people's time. It's a waste of time. You know, yeah, I listen to a podcast and take calls. Yeah, whatever. You'd rather be doing your work and, and not sitting in a car actually and burning fossil fuels and whatever else you're doing. So I actually think there's a lot of positives here that as an industry, lighting can grab onto if forward thinking people are asking customers what they want, not trying to put a circle in a square hole. Well, you know, not trying to say, "Hey, we can do all this wonderful stuff." And the person asks you why, and you say, "Well, because." You know, I yes. think, I think if there's if we could listen to our customers, Greg, I'm going to go over to you. I know mm-hmm. you've been you've been asking yeah. for it. No, but if we could listen to our, I never sell anybody anything. I Ray, I just give them what they want.
2: Yes. Yes
1: great that's where it's at that's where it's at so uh ray i was looking at your website a little before uh lux review you did predictions in 2019 for lighting did you do any for 2020 i
2: i i haven't yet and i'll tell you why <laughs> i think the market is just too much go- you know there's too much going on <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: too, sure.
2: really it's very hard to call if I, you know you know it's it's hard to call Just you know we got covid we've got brexit we've got you know you've got a very uh you've got so much there's too many moving parts going on to really i mean there's definite trends you know um that are continuing but it's just i just think there's you know without knowing there's too many unknowns you know it, we, where are we at with the vaccines where are we at with lockdown etc so yeah i yeah maybe i should stick my neck out and just just go for it, <laughs> go, just for it go for
0: it, man. Go for it. Yeah, we got we got yeah. in a lot of trouble for predictions. Actually, we got into like a little bit of. I'm not going to say it what it was about, but we got into a little bit of a shitstorm over predictions. Really? Yeah, we did.
2: <laughs> but a lot but, of mine were right. Actually, I, I got most of mine right. I think last time. So uh, yeah. yeah.
0: But, you know, you know it, it, listen, <laughs> listen. In, the inductive versus inductive. We know induction lighting, but inductive versus okay. deductive reasoning. Okay. So deductive reasoning is looking at the past and saying, this this is what I know, and this is what I'm thinking that happened, and this is how I compare it. And inductive is saying, here's some PowerPoint presentation or Excel file, and this is what I think is going to happen. And we've seen the failure of inductive reasoning with this pandemic, that it's very difficult to predict the future. It's... Um, it's impossible, which is why e- e- economics is called the dismal science, you know, because it's impossible. You know, the social sciences, every intervention they make becomes the next problem to be solved. Right. The dismal science, sociology, trying to predict the future is very, very difficult, but it sure is hell fun. So as soon as you do it, you're coming on the show again. Like, <laughs> I actually want to push on that because you've brought up the inductive deductive thing like three times now. And I got that, something to say. I think oh, that's the producer, by the way. Right? Th- this I think oh, we're abdu- about to see abductive reasoning finally get some time in the limelight. What's that? Abductive limelight uh, reasoning is looking back and saying, OK, these are the parts that don't work. Let- let's stop doing those parts. Yeah, That'd be good right now, actually. Mm-hmm. I think we. Can. OK, I would love to see some abductive. Um, Greg. Bring it back to lighting. I went on a tangent there, bud. No, that's all good. This, this, yeah. beer, this beer is 7.2%
2: alcohol.
1: That's why. <laughs> get that oh, my job. gosh. <laughs> you have to watch yeah. it with
2: those uh, craft ales. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so that'll be interesting if you uh, do that, right? We we encourage you to do that, and then we can yeah. then we can pick it apart. That's what we do.
2: Well, We're not going to I predict. did watch a bit. I, I watched some of your stuff with Randy, Randy Reed.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: And uh, I do agree with him. There's pent-up demand. There's a lot of pent-up demand. So I think a lot of smart money will be going on. I think there's going to be loads of opportunities for people, entrepreneurs, you know, coming out of this. Because I think, you know, there's the, demand will come back. People want to socialize. They want to be with people. That is not going away. You know, pubs and restaurants and travel and mm-hmm. holidays is all going to come back. It, I really believe that. And I think... You're even seeing that here in the UK, you're getting people, people who are expecting to get their vaccines, are booking holidays now. That you know, it it's the travel companies are getting busy. So you can just see it. People just want to want to go out and and uh, meet and spend money and and live a little after after all they've been through. So I I absolutely agree with Randy on that. That there's going to be, I think there's going to be a bit of a boom. Yeah. You
0: know, and and, and, and in those sectors, yeah. And and not only that, though, but I think there's a boom, what you're talking about. Uh, So first of all, we've been talking a lot about the dark sky and and dark earth and dark water. We're launching a whole separate show called Starving for Darkness, which is going to be the UK is big on that right now. They've brought out some stuff recently. Um, And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, is that, you know, you talk about the, you know, uh, lighting controls and IOT. Where does it make more sense than outdoors? Like, where? Like, I can't think of anywhere. Like, if you want to make a dark sky preserve, but you want the roads to be safe and you want the, 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 the ducks to still be able to nest and all that sort of stuff. Like, to me, if you're doing I, IoT is where there's a customer in like the UK right now put out something a couple weeks ago that I saw that had to do with wanting to start looking at preserving darkness and the right of humans to see the stars and this kind of thing. They put it out there, the UK, United Kingdom, not the EU, the UK. And, you know, the EU could do something like that as well. And that's a customer asking the industry right now, give us this. That's a customer. Let's listen to them. That's a customer for us.
2: <laughs> Ray, come on, man. Was- that's a customer. Yeah. Man. No, I think it makes a lot of sense out I there. Think, I think it does. And I think. I think there hasn't been a lot of development in the technology of it. I mean, in in rural areas where you do not have a lot of traffic, a lot of people, you have to question what about the lights? Why can't we be cleverer with those lights? And why can't one lamppost tell if there's a car coming, tell the the lamppost further on so that people don't, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's very, very doable. You know, we're trying to come up with, um, you know, we're technology chasing an application indoors. You're right. We've got, we we should, why, why are lights running all night, you know? Um, the customer is lives. asking
0: for it now. Like, yes. like, yes. Th- like this is why I'm so excited about starving for darkness in the dark sky, because yeah. I don't sell shit. That's so stupid. I'll never be a salesman. I only want to listen to people and give them what they want. And that's the United Kingdom. You know how many freaking outdoor lights are in the United Kingdom? Like, if I was Signify, I would stop all research and development on anything. And I would say, let's give the UK the stars again. Like, all the people in the UK could see the stars.
2: That's an absolute trend. And you're seeing it now in sort of, you know, uh, sort of remote uh, national parks. You can see it happening in your local park. You can see it happening... Everywhere can't you? Everybody wants a bit of that, that dark sky. It's it's an absolute trend, and uh, I don't know if that's going to go away. You know, trend
0: is the wrong word. Trend is the wrong word. I'll tell you why.
2: Okay, what 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 would you no, what because would you use then
0: be, because the light pollution is pollution, Ray. It's not a style. This is not going to go out of style. Okay, this is not a trend. Yes, yes. This is we yes. are going to just like the. Montreal convention in 1984, which was in my country, where we said we're not going to manufacture chlorofluorocarbons anymore. And everybody stopped doing it because of the ozone layer. That was 1985. It was called the Montreal Protocol or something like that. And everybody stopped making CFCs because it was wrecking the ozone layer. And if that thing goes away, we're all going to burn up. Oh, yeah, let's stop that. Light pollution right now is a solvable environmental problem. We have every technology we need and all the science. Let's do it, man. Lighting industry, let's do it right now. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. It's so amazing. Imagine there's people in the UK in, 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 you know that live in Glasgow or, or in London that have never seen the stars. How incredible would it be if we let them see the stars again, right? And
2: that's our industry. That's our industry. Yeah, well, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of responsible um, manufacturer of, of 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 outdoor luminaires have zero cutoff. That's a general, you know, that's pretty much, you know, if you're doing that in, in a city, that's kind of almost a given. But as you say, if you, you know, if you fly over any city and see the amount of wasted light, it's just incredible. Um, and that isn't, it isn't just street lighting, obviously, you know, there's a lot of urban lighting. It, um that, that needs to be dealt with. And that's not something you do overnight. There's a cultural issues there as well. Um, um, but you're, you, you're right, it's not going to go away. Um, and, you know, when I first started in the lighting industry, light, lighting pollution wasn't an issue, it simply wasn't an issue. But I think it, you're absolutely right, it is now. So,
0: Well, you know, you're, you're, you're missing it. See, a lot of people say humans never change, right? That's a, Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard that before. It's so hard to make people change. People are so mm-hmm. stupid. They never buy the products I'm trying to sell them. You're so stupid. I
2: think it's a, they do. It takes time, but it, you know it does take. You look, look at smoking, look at seatbelts, look at lots of things. No, 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 they no. Take H- humans will
0: change yeah. super fast if the if the benefits are obvious. Super mm-hmm. fast, Ray. And if we imagine if you could see actually see the Milky Way from from London, what impact that would have? I mean the be, um, the, the pyramids. Yeah are aligned with the stars. Like the great pyramid of Giza shines up at the middle star of Orion's belt every 12,500 years. We have a relationship with that shit up there and we don't know what it is. And if the lighting mm-hmm. industry, I'm fighting for this man cuz I'm starting a whole show on this thing, man. I want you in wow. with us. <laughs> I want you in with us because I believe yeah, yeah. I believe this will elevate our consciousness. I do, Ray. I really believe Um, that if people could see those things, if they had that part of their daily life, that's that dose of awe, that spirituality, they would choose it. They, you wouldn't have to convince them or force them or I believe in, I believe in, um, persuasion. I don't believe in pushing, making people do things.
2: Well, I well, I think you do need to legislate if you want things to happen rapidly, and I think, but the legislation has to be in tune, chime with a public mood, and then then things become successful. There's no doubt now that you know if you're installing lighting outdoors. I mean, bats and wildlife is a big issue. The issue about insects and invertebrates and lighting is is on people's radars now. But you need to create awareness first, you know, uh, you know, widespread uh, uh, awareness, and not, you know, and then then it becomes easier to to make changes, you know. So people have to appreciate that, you know, the reason we have fewer insects, a big part of the problem is 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 lighting and artificial and outdoor lighting, and then that feeds into, you know, bird life and and mammals and bats and all the rest of it so and we need to address that and we need to stop the damage we've been doing and understand it yeah so i think i think awareness is absolutely growing and, and about that
1: definitely. i noticed on your website again ray i was reading a few other things i didn't i didn't get through this one yet but you had one called six big trends in social media what do you see in social media that uh the lighting industry can grasp onto, or, or businesses write, in general
2: did i write that
1: I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was just um, Lux review. <laughs> Did you see anything, oh, okay. or were you part of it?
2: I wouldn't. Oh, I wouldn't want to. be, You know, put myself out as a social media expert. Oh my god, no. Um, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't imagine. No, I wouldn't put myself out there as a social media expert. Um, you know, I think. I think what we have seen is we've seen a lot of uh, LinkedIn tends to be the big one for the industry mm-hmm. uh, here in the mm-hmm. UK, and I think. I think what's imperative you know when LinkedIn first came out you know people used to discuss stuff they used to talk about stuff like you know ideas and and people had problems and they used to exchange information about it people gave advice and there was that the, the positive side of the industry and I think what we've seen in the last year is people are just trying to sell stuff on LinkedIn they're just trying to sell stuff because they it's, it's hard to it's hard to market. You know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to get Zoom calls with people into people's diaries. You can't go and see people, you know. So I think the sales teams have all been, the turret has turned to social media and online. And um, it's. uh, I think it has impaired the experience, I think, for a lot of people because it's just everybody's trying to. So people are trying to get a presence just to, so that they can market and comment, and it's just it's lost the sort of soul that it used to have, I think. But I mean, people say that about Facebook. People say that about everything. So uh, maybe that's just a grumpy old man in me. Um, <laughs> so that's the only that's the only trend I'm seeing, really. You know, and of course, that's you funny. know, most companies now have a have a marketing policy based on on social media. You know, and they they you know you generally have somebody on the payroll uh, using it. So. So, well, there's there's one
1: a trend, one that, I, <laughs> that, that works. There is yeah. one that I know you're part of because you were the moderator. End of Life Luminaires yeah. panel discussion. Give us a breakdown on that. What happened? That, that? was
2: really interesting. Yeah. That was really, yeah. really interesting. And because I think this industry has never actually thought, you know, what happens to a luminaire at the end of its life? I don't think anybody cares, really. You know, it was somebody else's problem. So, you know, up to, you know, it's still possible to, up to recently i remember seeing you know you go past a retail store and they were re- refurbing taking out lights and there'd be a skip outside and all the luminaires would be in there you know um and who knows where they went who knows what happened to them who knows whether they got recycled or whether the aluminum got uh, removed and and etc so so this our discussion was an attempt to have a conversation about that you know do you take responsibility for it? Who is responsible for that? For that luminaire, I'll, know, ask, I'll answer that question right now. Be? Go on, tell me, Mike.
0: Okay. So, um, what you, what you, so first of all, the most important ingredient in lighting waste is mercury. Okay. So, okay. like the other stuff, all has end of life value, or is benign, or very negative end of life value, but the mercury is a problem. OK, so we don't want mercury going into like unprocessed mercury being released into the environment. We want to capture that mercury through lamp recycling, CFLs, uh, HIDs, linear fluorescence, all this stuff. We want to capture that end of life mercury. All of our attention should be on that. OK, forget about the end of life of luminaires. It's scrap metal. People melt scrap metal down. They don't throw it in the garbage. If you have a lot of scrap metal, especially a lot of old lighting waste from the 90s or the 80s or the 70s, that scrap metal is worth a shit ton, bro. So people don't throw it in the garbage. People that know, they know where to take it to get cash because there's a lot of copper, there's a lot of cast aluminum, and those things are 100% recyclable and extremely valuable, okay? So old luminaires, no problem. What we want to focus on is the mercury. With LEDs, the problem you have, the only problem is, are they going to landfill? because LEDs have much lower gauges of steel so they're thinner, they're lighter. They don't they don't have to carry a 400 watt metal halide core and coil ballast in them, right? So they're not they're very light, right? So it's like ah some people might like it's only worth like 30 cents in scrap metal. Uh that old halide that was worth $17 in scrap metal per metal halide, you know? And so the issue is whether it goes to landfill or whether it goes to the scrap metal yard. It's not a big deal. Anyone in the lighting industry that's talking about anything other than mercury in HIDs, fluorescent lamps, CFLs, they need to focus on the real problem. Because that's not a real problem, actually. So I think
1: But okay. let me chime in on what I think the real problem is, is that you have to replace the whole damn thing. <laughs> oh know, yeah, that too. That incoherent. too.
0: I thought you were talking about the waste. I thought you were talking about the waste. Maybe like, both
1: where
2: we have i'm not sure what the recycling rates are in the uk but i i doubt there as much as you think that you know if a luminary get you know gets taken out and let's face it luminaires don't get taken out because they fail they get taken out because of the space gets refurbed really mm. so often they're they're still working when they get taken out um i would like i would love to think that you know um that they that they all end up in in, in you know with, with, with scrap metal but i don't think that's the case you know if you have you have a lead panel there's not much metal there you know you've got you know you've got the plastic panel you've got a driver you've got the led you know you've got a bit of metal framing but it's you know that is that's not a high value item i would no. thought for a, a leds yeah. so, no leds are yeah, not a high yeah, value yeah, but they don't have yeah, any mercury
0: yeah. but they don't have any mercury thank god
2: no 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 they don't they i mean yeah there's some some rare metals buried in there which are right but it's yes but it's you know it, what we're trying to explore is what happens to those at the at the end of their life and how can we ensure that they that they they end up in a in a in in you know a, a recycling that they're taken responsibly and end up uh you know so they, we're trying to get this circular this circular thought process you know and also legislation is moving uh, towards that as well, where you, things have to be, um, you know, big issue here is going to be in Europe or oh, in the coming years is the return of replaceable light source yes. and replaceable control gear. Um, and yeah, and I think, well, there's a there's a lot to unpack in that. In theory, that's good. Let's go back to the old days when you can go down and you can buy your Edison screw or you can buy your uh, Bane a cap and replace it. Um, but it's hard to see a, a true replaceable market coming back. Um, there's 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 a thing called the eco design regulations that the EU are bringing in, and that's that, that is driving this. That you need to be able to provide spare parts and they need to be replaceable. The UK, even though the UK has left uh, the EU, it will still follow and mirror and shadow whatever words you want to use, shadowed that that legislation, and. Even if they don't, manufacturers will want to sell their products in Europe, so they will want to follow follow that legislation. So, but what what I, the, the industry hasn't quite got its head around? What does this mean? I have to make it so that people can replace the light source and the control gear. So you could say, on one level, it's laudable and it's coming from a good place. But you think about it in 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 the real world, there's no incentive for you to make that standardized. You know, so if you you've got a luminaire and you've got your your um uh LED light source that you wanna be replaceable, well you don't have to standardize that. You could say, well, you know, you have to buy that from me at a certain price, so there's gonna be pricing issues there, I can see, or there's gonna be all sorts of, of uh unintended consequences from that regulations. Which you're a fan, Mike, yes.
0: No well, you know what? We need another show. Because I got a ton of stuff. So I actually own a lamp recycling company.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen. Yes. I I recycle yes. a
0: lot yes. of lighting, brother. Lots of yes. lighting.
2: Yes. And people yes.
0: and yeah, so I know a lot about that subject actually. So we yeah. Yeah, I'm a subject matter expert. We should
2: expert have you on, on some field. of our some of our webinars. We should you get
0: absolutely get you on, actually. should actually. Yeah. And I'm yeah, not being yes. a dick about that, but I know yeah. a lot about this topic actually. More than yes. most, I would yes. say I'm top yes. ten in the world on this topic. Yeah, okay. maybe so maybe five. What's no.
2: your view on What's your view on the return of replaceable lamps?
0: You you're talking about I mean, mercury? You wanna... Oh, the return of no, you mean no, no, modu- no. modular no. fixtures? Modular fixtures? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. It, so yes. this is why I also own a lighting distribution company. So I own a waste mm-hmm. company, lighting waste company, and I own a lighting distribution company. Okay that sells replacement parts for lighting all day long that's what I that, that's that's what I do all day so I know both so you, sides of it so you, I know both sides
2: Yeah you okay. want to see a presume luminaires where you can deconstruct it you can take elements out you can mm. replace them
0: And then, and then yeah. the waste stream in it's predictable so you know that it's a 250 watt hps you know what the kind of gear that's going to be in an old 250 watt hps fixture as a waste management company yeah. right so oh i got 400 to, uh, fixtures, I need to recycle them. Oh, yeah, no problem. What what wattage is the lamp? Give me the code off the lamp. Oh, the lamp is an LU250 slash U whatever, right? Oh, okay. And is the bulb mounted horizontal in that fixture? Yes, it is. And how high is it mounted? It's a roadway light in North Bay, Ontario. We're replacing 4,000 of them over the next five years. Okay. I know everything that's in that fixture. I know what type of fixture it is. I know how heavy it is. I know how to transport it. I know a lot about that fixture. With LEDs, there's no NEMA standard as to how you're supposed to make a light fixture. I don't know how they did it, but many years ago, Philips, GE, and and Sylvania sat in Osram. They sat down and they said, we're all going to make the same kind of light bulbs. And we're all going to make a ballast NEMA standard, ANSI standard, whatever it is. This is a 400-watt metal halide universal. This is how it's made. And it has to fit these parameters. Innovation takes place inside the rules, not with no rules. Okay? So if you want innovation in the lighting space, tell everybody that what you really need to sell a lot of light bulbs is a bulb, an LED bulb that is shaped exactly like a LED T8 and fits and works on an LED ballast. If you can make that... Under those rules, under those mechanical and electrical specifications, you'll make millions of dollars. And people have, Ray. People have. Because they had rules about how you can make a light bulb. And those rules were because the legacy technology is this, and most people are not going to want to change the whole light fixture. So the most innovation, the most development, the best stuff that's out there is based on rules surrounding how the tube should be shaped, what it should look like, how long it is, and how it gets electricity. If you do those rules, whether they're implicit in the industry in terms of the T8 or whether dictated by three giant companies in the business, if you use rules like that, you'll see innovation absolutely blossom and then uh, post-consumer use waste management beautifully and easily done. That's that's what matters.
2: Yeah, well... I think the issue is that, that that this legislation is not being prescriptive and saying something like you must, it must have a Zaga uh, connector as a Zaga standard or anything like that. I think that's, that's the issue uh, what you're saying w- would be great for consumers because they can just, go you know, swap, you know, you can buy a, uh, a replacement light source from another manufacturer and you can slot it into manufacturers be luminaire, but that's, that doesn't appear to be the direction of travel. The direction of travel, me, it seems to be you need to make it possible for somebody to replace those. But it's not saying it must be, yeah. you know, a standard so, design. So now what
0: you're going to do is make uh, – so that's – like a lot of people in the lighting industry or in all industries play that game, right? Mm-hmm. They play that game. Yeah, you have to buy the replaceable part from the manufacturer. Oops, we discontinued that line. And now there's a yes. new line. Right. Yes. Instead, what happened in lighting is GE, Phillips, and Sylvania bit the bullet. They said, "What's best for the industry is that everybody make lamp bulb light bulbs the same way." And then little companies came along and said, "We can make those ANSI codes, and we can make those ANSI codes." And so the consumer got taken care of, right through ca- through free enterprise, right? And then yes. so, so, I, everybody yeah. thrived. Yeah. Everybody thrived. The big guys were the big guys, and there were little guys around mm-hmm. them. And but now, in the age of chaos. All the big guys are gone, and the little guys have come up, and now we have no leaders or something, or people saying, this is how a standard should be. Like, where's Phillips? I got to ask you, because we're going to come up in an hour here. Okay? And I think this this actually segues beautifully into this issue. Okay? Brexit. Brexit. So that's really English exit, right? So people listening to this, what they should know is that Brexit was not popular in Scotland and it was not popular correct. in Northern Ireland. And it was correct. It was not as popular in Wales as it was in England. Correct. Okay. So England is exiting the EU and they're taking Scotland, Wales, and Ireland with them. Correct. Right? Right? That's what happened. Correct. Yes. Right. Correct. So most people don't understand that. So this is causing a lot of internal conflict within the UK. Okay? Correct. And... The English are controlling the Scottish and Irish and Welsh again. We thought we got away from that, right? So, yes, lighting. Um, So the English don't want to trade with the EU anymore, but they've decided really that they're going to become like how Canada is with the United States. You don't have control of anything. You don't have a say or a vote. But you have to do everything that's told to you anyway, because now you just handed control of Europe to Germany and France. So they're going to tell you how to make light fixtures now, and you can't do anything about it, right? That's what's happening in the UK right
2: now? Correct. Correct. And I think think a good example is the eco-design. That's the regulations that say that the uh, return of uh, replaceable lamps and gear. Now, the UK could say, okay, you, you guys go off, knock yourselves out and have your replaceable lamps and all this, and we'll keep doing the old stuff. But that's not going to happen, you know, because the environment bill in the UK is going to going – uh, 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 because you have to remember that when the, e- the, e- the UK was in the EU, a lot of the environmental legislation was driven by the UK delegation. They were pushing for, this, for higher standards because it suits – to, to their industry you know keep lifting up the ladder all the time you know so they they pushed for a lot of this and um they're going to end up shadowing as i said to you before they're going to they're going to just end up shadowing a lot of the environment they're going to
0: end up like canada they're just going to be a canada
2: yes, yes. yeah well, like- well even more diminished i would say because you know there's uh, you know 27 other countries and um the UK has become a third, what's known as a third country, which means you have to just abide by their rules if you want to sell stuff in the EU sure. in terms of rules of origin and, and all the rest of it. And I think this is a discovery that people will make slowly, where people will discover that that this is the case. So uh, I think this, this legislation is a good example of it. And, of course, UK is not at the table anymore, so it can't influence these decisions and can't do it to to um, to suit them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that discovery is being made by a lot of people now.
0: Yeah, the it the, the you know being Canada is not as easy as it looks to everybody else actually, because you have to just do whatever they do. Like, there's no yes, there's no like say, oh yeah, we're a separate country, we have a separate currency. Yeah, okay, whatever. But this
2: is how we're doing everything. Right. Yeah, but in theory, Canada could say we want different types of emissions on our cars or whatever. And if you want to sell us cars, you need to yeah. match these emissions standards. But so there's we'll a little bit that, of that.
0: Well, like it surrounds milk, yeah. milk production, for example. So Canada has certain rules around the production of milk that's being attacked by the USMCA, right? But Canada's mm-hmm. very resistant to that. They want to have milk made in certain quantities and around the country. Right. But now that's like, that's actually a really, so do you remember? And then we're talking a little bit, but this matters to lighting because lighting people in the UK, we got a lot of listeners over there, Greg, and they might be interested in this conversation because um, in some ways, Britain, England leaving the uh, the EU, not Britain, but England leaving the EU, which is, uh, is really um, making the UK a lot less powerful. And, and what, why is because there, it doesn't matter. If they, they need, there's not enough lights to sell in the UK. Like a company that wants to make lights in the UK has to sell to Europe primarily. Just like a company that makes anything in Canada has to sell to the United States to make a big, enduring, good business. Like there's just not enough lights in Canada. Like you're just going to be, you're going to be a small little company. If You want to be a big company? You got to sell all your lights to Greg Eric in Minnesota and all the people, <laughs> the huge economy of the United States. Right. And the UK's put themselves in the same position. So the people listening to this, you manufacture lights in the in the UK, you better you better start looking at whatever they're doing in Germany and France, because it doesn't matter.
2: UK is just gonna copy that.
0: Because they have no choice right. anymore.
2: And, and the manufacturers are gonna correct no matter what happens to legislation, you're gonna have to if you wanna sell your products in Italy, Spain, Germany, et cetera, you have to yes, you have to follow follow the regs. Yeah, yeah and put the put the labelling on it and all the rest of it. Absolutely.
0: So you're going to, like, yeah. there's the Underwriters Laboratory, Greg, and then in Canada, uh-huh. there's a little tiny C beside the EU. G-well. Yeah, C-U-L. Yeah. Right? Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> a little tiny C beside it. So you're going to have a, a B-E-U, a little tiny little B beside a giant E-U. Yeah, that's a yeah, good right idea it. or bad idea. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's not such a good idea. I don't know. I think it was a mistake. But maybe I'm wrong. What do I know?
2: Oh, I don't think it's good for the good for business at all. I mean, I think it's hitting a lot of very small suppliers. I mean, things like you know, sending a sample. You know, um, you know, people somebody, in those days. You know, back in the day, you could just send a, a a sample or a small order to somebody, and it was just like putting it into courier in the UK. And now you've got. Uh, You know, a lot of the couriers are charging VAT, which is causing problems to people that didn't happen before. There is all sorts of more paperwork and forms and customs clearance. And it's just making life a bit of a headache for a lot of the the smaller players. Uh, Some of it may well iron out uh, in coming months where people suss out how to do this and how to make it work. But it is adding costs. And, you know, that cost will be translated into into uh higher prices for customers so unfortunately i mean um yeah so it yeah i think people it, you know the rubber is meeting the road now in terms of uh in terms of uh of brexit etc so who knows so that's uh, yeah but you know most people voted for it so there you go <laughs>
0: ray maloney hey yeah. cheers my man
2: hey cheers. It's, cheers
0: it's noon somewhere in the world <laughs> Folks, we're talking Starfish. You know why we're talking about the Starfish? Because it's the best name for a lighting control system I've ever heard, Greg, Eric. Come on, man. And we- Pe- people got to go to SATCO.com, baby. Check it
1: out. All right. We're talking today a little bit about how people are going to be home more. So if you're home more, now your lighting's going to matter a little bit more. And if you want it to matter and you want to do it right, Sapco's got the ticket. I look at my own house. I got recess cans. I got a lamp screwed in. And my kids have tape light all over their bedroom. Colored tape, tape light.
0: light. Why, they, why did they you have put tape. tape light in your kid's bedroom? That's What's what the matter with you?
1: That's what kids do, man. That's what kids do. But Sapco Starfish <laughs> has tape light that ties into the system. Come on. So now you can program the tape light. Because what, what, what happens in my house? The tape light stays on 24-7. Whatever. It uses a little bit of energy. Sure. If I have the Sapco Starfish, now I can shut that thing off. I can time it. I can say, all right, at night, you get the the tape light. Not during the day.
0: I want to talk now. Listen, (laughs) I I had a – okay, so I had a – you know know how you have a party in Canada now, right? You know what you do? So my wife has a minivan, so everybody's under quarantine. So they all go park over like in like a public park or something, and I pull in with my wife's minivan, and everybody jumps in my car. And we shut the door and then we come back to my house and we open the garage door opener and we drive into the house. We shut the garage door. Everybody comes in and we have a good party. We do two or three of those loops, (laughs) right, to get around all the quarantine rules. Okay. And I was thinking the other day, wouldn't it be great if I could just control the lighting, Greg, from my phone for the whole house? Because everybody's in the basement now hiding from the windows. And I want to be able to dim the lights and throw in a little bit of a music and, you know, do some stuff. Starfish, brother. Come on, SACO.
1: No? That's right. Do it up. They got the a- ticket.
0: SATCO.com. Check it out. <laughs> Written on the record wall, there's a sign there for
1: all. If you are lost, the Lord is there to find you.